Nobody's going to deny that Jordan Love and the Packers are struggling right now, but how can the Vikings make sure that they get their piece too and that they're not the get-right game? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to those of you who do listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers. I appreciate you all so, so, so much. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it's anywhere you listen to podcasts, including the SiriusXM app, which you can also, uh, depending on your plan, you can go find live broadcasts of all NFL games, including the upcoming Vikings-Packers game. You can also find this show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. And we will talk more about Prize Picks later when we do our Friday tradition, the Prize Picks Prized Picks, as well as some of your bold predictions, my favorite part of the week. Uh, but first, some actual previewing of the Green Bay Packers game. Vikings headed over to Lambeau, and after talking to Peter yesterday, you can find, if you want a more like holistic analysis of uh, the, the Vikings-Packers games, Crossover Thursday is your place to go. That's where we actually talk about the matchups and the keys to the game and all of that stuff, predictions. Um, and then by Friday, I kind of just want to hone in on a couple of things and then we do our prize picks and our bold predictions. Um, so the couple things that I guess jumped out to me, I, I did a quick scrub through some Packers tape and what I noticed was, boy, Peter wasn't lying. It's ugly out here. <laughs> uh, I, I pulled up the last couple games that they played and I mean, the the stuff that I've seen all the clips around going around about like wide receivers running the same routes and stuff like that. And while that's really ugly to see, if I'm trying to evaluate the Packers, you know, if I if I am pretending I'm part of the Vikings staff trying to prepare for the Packers, I'm not going to rely on that. Right. I think that they go back to practice and they fix that crap. If we get that and they ruin an offensive play, that's great. We'll take it. But there's not really a way. There's not really anything you have to do to prepare for that. If they want to shoot themselves in the foot, they're free to do so. It doesn't really affect what we're going to practice. So instead, I was trying to look for other patterns and weaknesses that are a little bit more sustainable. And in the run game in particular, I found some stuff. But really, uh, it's 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 how do you attack Jordan Love, right? So... Uh, JT O'Sullivan at the QB school. I love it. I watch every video. Um, he's done a couple on Jordan Love over their last couple games. So you can watch that too. Uh, if, if you edit, that's got the all 22 if you want it. Um, and something he points out a lot that you just can't stop seeing once he, once you've seen it is that Jordan Love will just move when he doesn't have to. He's not, you could call it like uncomfortable in the pocket if you want to. But he's he'll he'll just be sitting in a clean pocket and then suddenly just start like drifting to his left or drifting to his right or he'll feel like he has to like run into a throw. So he's never throwing off a clean base and then you get inaccuracies. 
And I think there are some hero ball moments where it's just, you're just trying to do too much. Uh, like the interception at the end of the Raiders game is a little bit of just like doing too much, you know? Um, there is something in quarter to, to quarterbacking on easy mode. Make everything as easy as possible for yourself. Because once you start playing on hard mode, as cool as it can be, uh, you you start to spray them. You know, if you're not throwing off a base, you'll spray them. That's just kind of an, a, 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 a truism. So the question becomes, okay, how do we take advantage of that, right? Look, inaccurate passes, look alive D-backs, maybe this thing falls into your lap. But uh, what I want to do is show Jordan Love flashes of color. Because what I think is happening on a lot of these plays where he starts drifting is that in his periphery, you know, he's looking downfield, he's reading the coverage. In his periphery, he'll see a flash of the opposing team's color, right? It'll be a white jersey, right? Flash the white jersey, and when you see a flash of white, oh, there's pressure, I got to react to it. And he'll just start moving, right? So how do you get a lot of color to flash across? I say stunts. And Peter told me yesterday, they haven't been good at picking up stunts. So I'm thinking live in four or five man rushes and uh, just stunt that thing all the time. Until you get to like third and long where uh, or third and, you know, third and not a rundown, right? Third and medium works too, where then you start flattening everything out and Brian Flores can do whatever completely insane stuff he wants to do. So if it's me, that's what I'm thinking. And then you muddy the look and you, and you uh, save your rotations for post snap. Um, this is another thing. So Peter has been asking the Packers to use more motion for years. Uh for like literally like two years, like they, they're a little bit too static on offense. Um, so you might be able to use that to time out snap counts and stuff and say, uh, you know, roll the coverage like right away pre-snap or like kind of try to time it with the, the, the snap. Like when you hear the cadence, roll the coverage because they're not going to do motions and stuff and force you to declare the coverages that you're in. But if they do start forcing that, if they do start doing that motion-y stuff, um, which is like that, this is Peter's version of this episode for me, his deal was to do that, use motion, force the Vikings to declare, which I think is a good idea against the Vikings. Um, if they start doing that, then you just have to hold your rotations until after the snap and say, yeah, yeah, this is the pre-snap look we're giving you. You snap the ball, guys start moving, then we'll rotate. And yeah, that means it's going to take us longer to get to our landmarks, and maybe you can exploit that, but it's a lot harder to exploit that, and you have to be able to do things in rhythm and on time and um, in the way that like the 49ers could actually do that, move the ball on them. And guess what? Packers, you're not the 49ers. Uh, so that's also part of it, too. So I want guys to be kind of moving around and you know, flashing across gaps and I want coverages to be disguised. And I, I want this to be a really, really difficult thing to read. And I want to force Jordan Love to think way more than he has time to. That's what I want here. Uh, and then in terms of the run game for the Packers, uh, boy, howdy, it's a mess. Uh, it's rough out there. <laughs> There's just there's a lot of guys just not being very precise with how they're hitting people. If you know they're supposed to be on the inside shoulder, they're on the outside shoulder, or vice versa. Guys just aren't getting the push. There are a couple guys on there that are playing pretty well. I think their center, Josh Myers, playing is playing pretty well. Um, I don't know if he's still going to be the center. I know they're banged up there, so they might have to move some guys around. But uh, they've got a couple guys up front playing pretty well. But there's a there's a lot of messy reps. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I was actually surprised when I flicked on the tape just how much man coverage I saw, uh, especially 
I, you know, against the Raiders of all teams, you would think the Packers would look at Devontae Adams and not think that they could single up on him, but they singled up on him a lot and it actually worked. So they had those guys. It was uh, sometimes it was Jair. Sometimes it was Rasul Douglas, though. And I know, again, they're, they're banged up, so we don't know who they're going to have. Um, I should probably find you the injury report, huh? Oh, wow. He was downgraded. He was limited on Wednesday, downgraded to DNP. So that's something to look at. Um, also, their tight end, Luke Musgrave, is uh, hurt his ankle in the Broncos game. That is maybe a blessing for them. <laughs> I think Ben Sims is legit better, at least from what I saw on tape, which is just two games, and I didn't even get to all of them. So grain of salt. That's not a holistic take. But just from what I saw, it looks like Ben Sims was better to me. I don't know. Uh <laughs> The uh, only other DNP we got was Preston Smith with an illness. Hard to imagine that taking him out. And a couple guys got upgraded. Aaron Jones limited with the hamstring he's been dealing with. Josh Myers limited. So maybe he will be available. Uh, the only stuff we have, TJ Hawkinson sat out with a foot injury. He is upgraded to limited. And Brian Osmo still is uh, out with, the, or he's still DNP with the injuries that he had in the ankle thing that he got in the 49ers game. So that's where we're at on the injury report. Hey, let's get into some of the prize picks, though. Let me just uh, actually put something um, tangible on top of these kind of analyses and, and see how we end up doing. Plus, your bold predictions coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel is a great place to go get your grambles on if you want to put your money where your mouth is on whatever kind of predictions you have. Look, a lot of people think the Vikings should be favored by more because the Packers are, I mean, I think I saw at some points it was a pick em. Right now, looking at it, it's it's a uh, 1.5, but people are hammering the Packers on that. So if you think that that is uh, unjust and you think that the Vikings, even though they're in the division on the road, should uh, be favored by more, go bet that thing. Or go bet something like an Alexander Madison touchdown prop. Maybe this is finally the week that he gets one. Uh, or any rushing touchdown. <laughs> That's such a weird stat. Uh, or anything else you can think of. The app is easy to use. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, all of that stuff. Safe and secure, and they pay out instantly when you win. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So let's say you say you want uh, TJ Hawkinson anytime touchdown score. You put 5 bucks on it. Whether or not you win that bet... FanDuel will just dump 200 bucks in bonus bets right into your account that you can then go use on other stuff. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get going on this grambling NFL season at FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thanks again so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, why don't you go check out the uh, NFL live kickoff show. It happens on Fridays on the YouTube channel for Locked On Vikings and actually all the Locked On uh, football YouTube channels. You can find that previewing all the games, talking about what happened on Thursday night football and just kind of chilling. Uh, also, if you're looking for some more Vikings analysis, go check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash NFL. You can find a very in-depth analysis of Jordan Addison's big day and all of the nuance and detail in his route running that really made that day uh, possible, not to mention just the playmaker ability, as well as something on Christian Derrissaw and how they managed to handle Nick Bosa. Their plan for him was really cool. Uh, and they managed to to hand Nick Bosa a pretty pedestrian night by his standards against San Francisco. Um, for now, for here, 
let's do some prize picks, prized picks. Go to prizepicks.com, which is also a sponsor of today's episode, and talking about some of the things that I think might happen in this game. Uh, prize picks is you just pick a player and whether they'll do better or worse than their prize picks projection. Prize picks sets the number, and you just have to say more or less. Um, so with regard to that Packers run game, which God, it just is rough to watch. And I, here's the thing for me as a Vikings fan, of course, it is nice to see the Packers struggle. You always love to see the Packers lose games, but I think more than any team in the league, I will, I like more than I'll ever, ever hate any team in the league, Packers, Bears, Lions. I know some people still have like grudges against the Saints or the Eagles for NFC championship games. More than I'll ever hate another team. I will hate bad football. I can't stand bad football. I would much rather see everybody play well and the chips fall where they may rather than, than watch bad football. And, and, and the Packers running game is bad football. It sucks. I don't like seeing it. And now that I've said that, I'm sure that they'll pop off for like 200 yards and have a get right game. But at least the last couple weeks, they have run the ball really, really bad. And after seeing what the Vikings did against a very good run game in the 49ers, I just, how can you possibly predict <laughs> that the Packers would have a good running game? And it's sure, that is always how it goes, right? It always circles around. But Aaron Jones, 42 and a half rush yards. That's where prize picks set it. I'm slamming the less than button. Um, similarly, because of the issues that they've had in the past game, I was actually surprised to see that prize picks had set Jordan Love's passing yards number at 219 and a half. He's only hit that in three games this year. And one of those was the Bears game, which I asked a couple people, um, including Peter in the Packers space about that game. And they said, you know, that one doesn't really represent the Packers just because the Bears were such a mess. It's like, okay, that's fair. Um, and he hasn't crossed 200 yards in the last two games. So he's very susceptible to that kind of thing. Uh, put in the blitzes, put in the let's contract everything kind of, you know, let's, let's get 40 completions for 180 yards, that kind of thing. Uh, and I feel pretty good about a less than there as well. Um, on the Viking side of things, this is a very bullish prize picks, prize to picks segment. And I'm not like that cocky ever, right? I say it all the time. The Vikings can beat anyone. They can lose to anyone. Um, it is inarguable that the Packers in their last couple games have played poorly. No Packers fan will tell you that that's wrong, but Hey, you know, every week's a new day, right? Uh, maybe they can come out and have a better game. But that said, uh, they love to man up on the back end. They they really, really liked playing man coverage. And so that tells me, hey, look, if Jair Alexander plays or if they've got, you know, Carrington Valentine or whatever, they got guys that want to play big on Jordan Addison. I still kind of feel like they might be able to take him away from it. We might just not get refs that call it as tight as they did against San Francisco, which benefited the Vikings, and those were fine calls. Um but sometimes you get guys that just let them play and then you'll get away with all that holding. And uh, that puts us in a situation where it might become a TJ Hawkinson kind of day. I know he's got his foot thing. He says he's going to be fine. He did get upgraded in the injury report. So I'm taking TJ Hawkinson 54 and a half receiving yards and going with more than uh, similarly. <laughs> here's the deal. The Vikings goal line rushing problems. Uh, I I don't know if they're like the issue is 
that they are trying to go north, super north-south. They're not really doing anything fancy. You know, last year you had all of this razzle-dazzle. You had shovel pass stuff. You had reverses. You had jet sweep. You had all kinds of crazy things. This year, they played it a lot more straight up, and they basically said, let's just try to push these guys out and try to rush, run the ball in the red zone. And a lot of their red zone stuff has been, you know, their goal-to-go possessions have been first and goal from the nine, first and goal from the ten. Uh, and so a running play that gets four yards sets up second and goal from the six, and you feel like, can we really run this again? Uh, even when you had, like, the first and goal from the one situations against San Francisco, they just weren't getting that push, and then they'll try to sneak it, and that didn't, like, they were been really bad on those sneaks. Um, I think if they're going to score, they still have to throw it kind of until proven otherwise. So Kirk cousins, one and a half touchdowns. Let's book it more than, uh, that is my prize picks, prized picks. I'm doing that. I clicked flex play on that because there's a couple like the TJ Hawkinson one. I feel like, okay, about the Aaron Jones one. Look, Hey, he could still, we, we could do a misfit. He could break off one thirty-five yarder and then that kind of takes it right. Uh, no matter how like right I am in spirit. So I did the flex play thing. Look, I'm feeling, you know, like being a little more humble about it, but that is not what I asked you guys to do. I asked you to go bring me some bold, unhinged, and insane predictions, and you sure did deliver. So that is what is coming up next. Your prize picks, prized picks, and of course, today's episode of Locked On, all made possible by prize picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Prize picks is daily fantasy the way that I love to play it now. I am never going back to the old way of putting together a, a, a lineup where I've got to do a kicker and a flex and two running backs just because I think that I like, you know, Kirk Cousins' odds to throw a couple passing touchdowns. No, no, no. None of that. Let's do uh, prize picks instead where you can just pick two to six of your favorite players, put them together uh, into a, you know, all or nothing for a bigger payout kind of deal, or you can do the flex play deal like I did, which is where you can, you know, if I get three out of four, I still win, but I get a lesser payout. So it's a little bit more of a conservative move. Whatever you want to do, go to prize picks. And right now you can get a first deposit match up to $100 by going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or using code locked on NFL, all lowercase once again, that is a first deposit match up to $100 using code locked on NFL or going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by DoorDash, the clutchest thing in existence for a very busy, very tired person covering an NFL season. Let me tell you, I have been all over DoorDash lately. And what has been great uh, for me has been it's, it's been a good way to like find local spots. There's a Berea taco place near me that has become such a go-to for me that is like, there's like no sign and it's like just a stand. You would drive by it all the time. You'd never notice that it was, has fantastic food, but now I know about it and it's a go-to place for me to go to. That is what DoorDash can bring you and just the easy convenience of having food delivered to your door and groceries as well. So if you're in the middle of cooking dinner, you forgot an ingredient and instead of having to shut everything down and go to the grocery store, you can have DoorDash deliver it to you and you won't have to skip a beat. And right now you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3. That's 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend 15 bucks or more. That is subject to change in terms apply. 
It's that time of week. It's time for the bold predictions. It is a Friday tradition. Every Friday, I ask you all for your boldest, craziest predictions, and I read out some of my favorites. If you are right about any of these, I get punished. And uh, we haven't hit one yet this year, which is how it is supposed to be. I want them to be possible, but very much not plausible. Last week, we had uh, Chris predict that there would be no touchdown in the game scored by a player that started in week one. I absolutely love that prediction because it just it says like everything has to be like either guys that you don't consider starters like Ty Chandler or whatever uh, or guys like Cam Akers, right, that that joined late. Um, who also you wouldn't really consider a starter, but maybe he is now. But he, I mean, he certainly wasn't week one uh, for the Vikings. So that didn't happen. <laughs> of course, we got like, I don't know. You could have argued Jordan Addison is like not a week one starter. Technically, like we could have had that debate, but Christian McCaffrey broke this anyways. Uh, the missed kick said that Kirk Cousins would throw a pick two on a two point conversion attempt. Loved that energy. Never got an opportunity to. Um, the spooky school bus said that Madison hadn't had a single 20-yard play, and that game he would have five, resulting in a 100-plus combined yardage day. Um, so that that was way out in the stratosphere, obviously, which I respect. Uh, but I do think it's funny that the game started with a 19-yard run. <laughs> uh, explosive play, exactly the cathartic thing where, oh my God, they finally figured out how to run the ball. But it's not for 20. It's only for 19, so it didn't count anyways. We wouldn't have gotten close regardless. Um, David Rose said that we would get creditable reports by the end of the game that, uh, Daniel Hunter has been traded to the Jags for a first in game. We did not get that. We still haven't gotten that. I'm still, I'm starting to get really worried that, uh, the draft day weekend, Daniel Hunter trade rumors were not necessarily true. Uh, MN sports appreciator said that Najee Thompson will have a TD on special teams. Najee Thompson, not even active for the game which is kind of wild, uh, wild special teams thing. They activated all three of the D tackle, the, the big nose tackles, um, Jaqueline Roy and Tonga. Then of course, Harrison Phillips. Um, I don't think they had all three of them on the field at the same time at any point, maybe for like one of the sneaks or something. So they, I guess they just wanted to keep that rotation a little bit fresher because they knew that they hit a lot of big personnel, um, 21 and 12 and stuff. Cause it's the 49ers and that's how they roll. So I'm guessing that's why. And then they said, yeah, we got a, our special teams ace. We got to put you down. We need a little bit more rotation today. Uh, so no, no Najee Thompson touchdown. Sadly, that that would be my guess. I don't, maybe he'll continue to be a healthy scratch and we actually have somebody else we like more on special teams. Uh, Jake Bieber said that receiving touchdowns would only be scored by tight ends. Uh, it was National Tight End Day. We had the Iowa tight end deal. A lot of great attention on those tight ends, but uh, neither of them got in the end zone, right? Too bad. Let's move on to this week's the first one against Green Bay comes from Swedes Goal, who says that in an amazing feat of acrobatics, Alexander Madison will hurdle two players on the same play. I can't remember. Like, when's the last time we saw Alexander Madison actually successfully hurdle someone? It feels like something that he did in the first, like, couple years of his career. And then he's, like, really chilled out on, which that in a way that that's growth, like hurdling is a cool highlight, but it's kind of dangerous, right? Like you're going to get yourself lit up sometimes. And especially if you've had fumble issues, which he has this year, that's a good way to like lose your ball security as you're like kind of flailing about in midair. You don't, you don't need to be doing that. Just lower your shoulder and go. So if he does it once, I'd be surprised if he does it twice on the same play. That is a bold prediction. Uh, Skull Uper, which I guess is an upper peninsula, Michigan nickname. I didn't know that. 
uh, I guess you're the Youpers up there, says this goes down as the Johnny Munt game. Two first half red zone touchdowns. So I think the only way for this to happen would be for TJ Hawkinson not to play with the foot injury. And then you've come out in a whole bunch of 12 personnel in, on the goal line and Johnny Munt gets two touchdowns and we go, oh my God, this was the Johnny Munt game. I think if, if, if that happens, that's all it would take to be the Johnny Munt game. So I don't need to like hold you to some weird standard about how much people talk about Munt. You get two reds. I'm, I'm not even going to say first half. I'm going to delete that. Two, two Johnny Munt touchdowns of any sort uh, and, and you get this one. <laughs> I'll give this to you. Uh, Keon County resident said that every Vikings running back slash fullback that's active on game day will score a rushing touchdown. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, I'm going to take the rushing touchdown out of there because the best way for Kenny Wongwu to get a touchdown is through, um, a kick return. And I think if we get to a point where CJ ham got a touchdown, Madison got a touchdown. Akers got a touchdown and Wong, got a touchdown, but it was only a kick return. I'm not, I'm giving that to you like that. Come on. <laughs> that was just that you did it. That's absolutely counts. So I'll take the, uh, the rushing qualifier out of it and, and say, you're just parlaying anytime touchdown scorer, basically for Madison Akers, Wong, Wu and, uh, CJ ham. And I guess they could like bring somebody else up, but it'll probably be those those four players are the ones. Oh, Ty Chandler, of course, him too. Um, so yeah, you're just parlaying five touchdown things together, which is plenty bold. I love it. Uh, Ryan Gunn says that Anders Carlson is it Anders Anders Carlson misses a potential game winner under forty yards. So this has to be what would have been the go ahead touchdowns. Has to, it, that for this to happen, it has to be less than a three point game. Very possible. That's how the Vikings roll. Everything is one score. Um, and it has to be under 40 yards. This is really fun. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't see. I was looking for more Anders Carl, Anders Carlson stuff because of the Daniel Carlson connection. We're in Lambo, right? Like, you know, game ends in overtime or game goes to overtime and Carlson misses three kicks. Like, come on. Nobody did that. Nobody did that. This is the, the closest one. Uh, Adam Klein saucer says the next one. It says Vikings will attempt a free kick to end the half. So there's a, a, a not very commonly used rule that after, I think it's after a kickoff, right? Or is can it be a punt? Instead of having a drive, your kicker can come out and attempt a free kick from where you got the ball. Uh, and that'll end the drive there. So it's, it's an uncontested field goal. I think, right. That could possibly go through the uprights and be a free kick kind of an obscure thing in the rule book that is never really that good of an idea. Like, why would you give up a whole possession? But hey, if, you know, the other team scores with 20 seconds left on the clock, you could kneel it down or you could do a free kick. Uh, very bold. I don't think one has happened since like World War II. So <laughs> very bold. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to do comes from Skull Chester who says, I asked Makai Blackman to get his first interception to be a pick six against Jordan Love when I met him in London in the summer. I predict he will not only get a pick six, but two pick sixes. So first off, fantastic flex. Love that energy. Way to flex that you've met uh, Makai Blackman in London over the summer. Um, and because of that, did you? it sounds like you asked him to get a pick six, not two pick sixes. So I don't need you to get the two pick sixes. He needs to do what you asked. He got his first pick six against Jordan. It's, it's to get his first pick six against Jordan Love. So I only need one for that. 
This is going to be a tough one to catch because it seems like Andrew Booth has just taken his job, which is pretty cool for Andrew Booth, but obviously not great news for Makai Blackman. But hey, third round rookie. He's got a lot of time. He's got lots of time to learn uh, that that's totally fine on his his track. So pick six for Makai Blackman. Somebody probably has to get hurt for that to happen or you have to have like a weird rotational snap. But hey. Weirder things have happened. We have not yet hit a bold prediction this year. And if I do my job right, all of them are possible and we don't hit any. Uh, so let's get into it. That is the uh, last time we're going to talk before Vikings Packers. So next time I see it, it'll be on the Locked On Vikings postcast with Luke Inman and Sam Ekstrom and Ron Johnson breaking down whatever happens in this. That'll be live on the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel as soon as the clock hits zero on this game. So go flip over to that YouTube channel. You can catch us live. You can also catch it later, of course. You can catch the audio right here on Locked On Vikings. will be uploaded later that day. I will see you all for that. Have a great weekend. And as always, skull.